Welcome to another episode of Them As Burgers. Yes. It's been another week in our burger lives. Another week. However, Scarlett has had her first session of her diagnosis. I have, yes. We're not going to talk about it today, but I'm just bringing it up because... uh, it's it's big burger news. It is big burger news. Um, the reason we're not going to bring it up today is instead of doing it in like instalment by instalment as it happens, I would rather once it's finished talk about it as a whole because I feel like that would be a better way of going about it. But we want to do an episode on the whole might system. Be, might be more than an episode. Might be more than an episode. But yeah, we definitely want to talk about... Obviously, we can only speak for not only how it's done in England we can only speak about how it's done in the part of England that we're in because I I don't know if it's across the board but it'll be interesting to talk about what questions they ask thinking about maybe why they ask them and I think it's good because the first session I did was about two hours long just me and a therapist and Nikki actually came with me and sat with me through it so we'll talk about why that was and also Nikki can give like quite a good input as well because he was there Um, yeah yeah i just thought i'd uh, mention it because you've had your screening which we talked about a bit ago yes Uh, and then you've had your first diagnosis session which was um three days three days three days ago yes and then you've got another one this friday coming yeah, uh, so in and about then, five days. Yeah, and then they got to make a phone call to your mom, find out baby stuff about you. Yes. And then we'll know. Yeah, um, as far as I can tell, it seems like it's just going to be that. But when we talk about it, I'll also talk just briefly. I know I've already gone over it before, but I'll talk really briefly for anyone that hasn't heard as well, just about how I got to the stage of being put into diagnosis and what my first appointment with the actual adult Asperger's team was like, because... I've, I've mentioned it before, but I'll talk about it in a little bit more detail. Um, I won't cover that one as much. But yeah, it would be cool to talk about like the whole process and see what the results are. Mm. But yes, um, that is going on. We have both done another week of, I guess, this week was our third week of you not being management anymore and me... Not working there. Yeah, it seems to go fine. I have been allowed noise-cancelling headphones at work, so I have been using them. uh, I've used them once. We've had some new people come in, and they were all round where I was, and they were all talking too much. And I didn't think I need them. Like I say, my area manager said I should have them moved into test. Yeah. uh, And that I should wear them when I'm either in the test bit of our store, where we test products, or... Uh, if I'm doing stuff with the window displays, I should wear them. And, um, yeah, I thought about, that's a good idea. Uh, it seemed like a good idea at the time. And it was one of those things that I've always been like, yeah, yeah, I'm not that, I'm not that autistic though. Or, uh, I've not got Asperger's in that way. I don't need noise cancelling headphones. Like that's not something that, uh, is required for me. I'm not one of those people. Um, but for some reason, like there's all these new people coming in, and I've noticed that now that I'm not management anymore, I don't control a lot of stuff anymore that I used to, and these people were in charge of me. And they were just in, and they're from a different 
store, different place, but they're just covering because we've not got a management in our store at the moment, mainly because me and you both, well, I stepped down and you left, so they're really yeah. undermanaged. So they're bringing in people from other shops that have got their own ideas and they want to change a load of stuff and they want to do a load of things, which I I probably should say something to somebody because I've realised that that's actually a, quite a problem for me. Yeah. I just have them come in and change stuff. I think the first thing I said to you when I got back from work was like, oh, they want to do this and they want to yeah. do that. And I kind of do that thing where I dismiss it like it's not a big problem. I just kind of go like, wind your neck in, you're only there for a weekend. Uh, but I've realised that I I found myself getting really agitated with them. And they weren't even talking to me. They were just talking to themselves. So there's two people that came in from another shop and they were just having a chat with each other. Like, oh, we should move this. We should move that. That should change. You know, we should move these bits over here. And I, I did almost be like, uh, what are you doing? Like, I almost went over to them and just went, you, you, it's not your place to change things. Don't change things. And I've realized that that's one of the things. So I might have to mention it to my... Um, area manager because I'm seeing him tomorrow and just say look if you're going to bring all these people in if they're going to make changes either they just make the changes um and they don't tell me about it or they don't make changes yeah uh, or they're going to tell me like way before what they're planning I think uh, what would be more irritating about this is as you said a lot of them are only there for they're just sort of bringing in clumps of people at a time they're only really there for two, three days each, and then someone else comes in. So if one person's only there for two, three days, is changing something, the next person that comes in might then change it back or change it again, or do you know what I mean? And that just means it's a string. It's not like a nice, consistent, this person's here for good now, they've made this change, and it's sticking. I think that is also an issue, isn't it? Because it's, it's an inconsistency. Well, I, I, I mean, I, I think since this, since I've demoted myself i found that i've become a lot more um my autism i guess is more visible than it was yeah so i didn't think my autism was that visible um but i think that's because i was in control of a lot of things and did a lot of things so it didn't come up i've noticed that it's weird um and i imagine there's other people out there that have this but if nothing happens and if you keep everything so everything like in check so like me and my flat and yeah. like when I'm at home and when everything's a certain way I don't think about my autism and I don't think about my Asperger's and I almost forget that I've got it yeah um and it's been that way with this job for the whole time is um everything's been controlled and it hasn't been something that's come up at work when's the last time it was something that I discussed with my like area manager, manager? Yeah, it's, no. it's not it hasn't come up in ages but now there's this thing where I've demoted myself and like loads of stuff's changing and stuff it feels like Asperger's is, a, is my life again at work um and I haven't had this in a while it's not something that has come up it came up when I first started this job and in previous jobs uh, I said before I got diagnosed mid working my previous job and I was almost going to get fired uh from a previous job because of my Asperger's but I didn't know what it was at the time and then once I got diagnosed I was I mean the reason I was wasn't going to get fired was because the previous job I had, I think I've mentioned it, they had this rule where the first 10 seconds of someone coming into the store, you're to go from behind the counter and go and approach them and start talking to them and trying to sell them stuff. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't do it. And my boss at the time was just like, you need to do it. Like, this is the job. Everyone else is doing it. You need to start doing it. And I'd never do it. Um, I pretend I didn't see the person or duck behind something or that kind of thing. And she felt like I was just being, like, disobedient. Uh, and she was kind of telling me that I need to get good at this, otherwise I'm gone. But then I managed to get diagnosed 
sort of halfway through that and then my social worker no my therapist my therapist uh i remember that she came in and she had a meeting with my boss with me there oh wow and she told them that they can't make me do whatever yeah uh and then a plan was drawn up and uh changes were made and um i was exempt from certain jobs in the store, and I've told you, they, they leaked to everybody that I had autism anyway, so nobody kicked off and said, well, why is he not doing it? Yeah. Um, so I just did that, and that was fine. Yeah. And that's the last time. But with this, with this, all these changes that are happening now, my autism seems to come up a lot. And I didn't think these noise-canceling headphones would be something that I'd use. Yeah. Um, but I found myself using them on Thursday. Thursday was the last day I was at work. On Thursday, I just... These two new people were in, the manager who's like a temporary manager at the moment, he was there and all three of them were like right next to me. And they were all they all hadn't seen each other in a while. They were all from the same place originally. They were just catching up, talking. And they'd already done this thing where they were walking around the store going, oh, we should change this, we should change that. And that had got me like super like on edge and annoyed anyway. Yeah. Uh, so then when they all just sort of stood next to me and started being like loud with their conversations... I just all of a sudden needed these headphones and I hadn't had them in test. I was told to move them in there, but I hadn't. I'd left them in the window and I just thought, I don't care. So I'll grab them if I need them. Um, but then I got them, put them on, turned them on and it was fine. Like I calmed right down. Yeah. But initially, this is one of the things that bothered me is the temporary manager we've got knows why I was wearing them because he's seen my risk assessment and that kind of thing. So he kind of went, you all right? Are you a bit stressed? And I wasn't a bit stressed. I didn't feel stressed. I just... Felt a bit like everything was a bit too sensory for me right yeah. now. And if I was going to continue doing my job, I couldn't have the distraction of these people stood next to me talking. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it would just stop me from doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So I just thought, pop them on now and then I can get on with my job. Um, but obviously, a lot of people don't understand it. He's kind of read my risk assessment. And I think he sees it as I put the headphones on when I'm stressed out or, do you know what I mean? Which I don't want it to be seen that way because then it just looks like if the headphones are on, I'm not coping. Um, and I was coping. Um, because I feel like if I wasn't coping, it would have been the opposite. If I wasn't coping, I wouldn't have put them on. Yeah, no. I just would not have been able to like function properly. So yeah, it's it's odd. Now I, I'm he doesn't know. But then after I left that day, I didn't want that. I realised that I need these headphones, so I didn't want them to be sold. So instead of putting them back in the window with a price on them, which is what I've been doing, I've put them on the top shelf of the test area with a note on them saying, uh, "Nikki's test headphones don't sell." Um, and they obviously they need taken off stock and that kind of thing. Yeah. But one of the other member of staffs saw me do it, saw me put this note on them and put them up on the shelf. And they were like, uh, oh, what are they for? And because I'm now like, I don't want people knowing what they're for or yeah. why I've got them or what's the reason behind me having headphones in test. Um, I just went, they're just, they're just my test headphones. Uh, and then I left. But yeah, I don't want word getting around that that's what they're there for. But then I'm worried, like, what, how do I explain that? Um, you know, like, if people work out why I've got them, because I'll be the only person in the store that's got them. No one else will be allowed to use them. That's the thing as well, because obviously if they think I'm just not wanting to listen to people and I've put music on and they think that's why I'm using them, there might be other people that decide, well, I'm in test, I can wear the headphones, put them on, start listening to music. Uh, which if I see people wearing them, while I'm in test. I mean, imagine if they were like your test headphones, you come into work yeah, and no, someone's, just, just, someone's, in like test, someone's in test just wearing them. So now I'm not sure whether or not to tell people what they're for or why I've got them. But then, like I say, I felt a bit weird with my temporary boss at the moment coming over and going, are you all right? Are you okay? 
because obviously putting them on is the same reason I said I don't like wearing like the ear defenders that people on the spectrum yeah, wear or that it, kind of thing. It, it makes it obvious that there's something different about you and my whole thing is to appear not um not different and I mean we were talking about this the other day your diagnosis seems to be moving along pretty quickly um yes. it's like you had your screening you've had your first session you've got another session and then they're calling your mom and then I think you're done whereas with me when they did mine I had uh, a therapy session then a second therapy session then a screening then three two-hour interviews then a couple of weird tests with pictures of people and I had a faux pas test and something that was a test on whether or not I understand like sayings and what they mean to me and then they called my mom like mine went on for a year of stuff and yours seems to be like I initially thought that this is just a since I last got diagnosed because it's been like eight years it's been seriously streamlined the service that they provide but I'm starting to think that it's because not that you're like obvious obvious but I think with me it's yeah it's less obvious and the reason it's less obvious is my whole coping mechanism is appearing normal and appearing NT and not wanting to appear autistic in any shape or form that's my coping mechanism yeah and it's from years of like learned behavior of my autism getting me into trouble as a child uh and me hiding my traits and hiding my autism from everyone because it stops me from being told off um so I'm in like a weird like conundrum or whatever it's called at the moment because putting the headphones on makes it obvious that I'm on the spectrum if people eventually work out that's what they're for but they'd have to so they don't use them themselves yeah um I need them to calm down a little bit while we're doing those changes when I'm not in charge but I will start not wanting to wear them if people like notice it that it's do you know what I mean like always got his headphones on yeah. He's, not, he's not coping. So I'm in a weird, it's a weird thing to do that because the second I put them on, I felt like relaxed and calm and like, oh, this is much better. But then when my boss came over and went, are you all right? Are you coping? I, for some reason, had this urge to just take them off. Yeah. You know, like even though I wasn't ready to take them off yet, I wanted to like whip them off my head and like put them away and just be like, oh yeah, no, I was just testing them. I was just making sure they still work, you know? Um, so I had to fight that urge and I just kept them on and just went, yeah, I'm fine. Uh, and then like carried on wearing them. But obviously like, he doesn't care if I say to him, yeah, I'm fine. He doesn't believe that because he's just like, well, why is the headphones on then? Um, so, yeah, it's an odd thing. It's a change that's been made at work and uh, I was all right with it. But um, and obviously this episode, we said last week that we were going to do uh, other additional things that come with. Yeah. Asperger's. And obviously I obviously did a executive functioning disorder last week. Um, that's come up as well this week. So one of the people that have come from another store wanted to put a new system in. It was like a sheet where you write people's names in and who's doing what job. Um, and I was busy doing something else. I was like testing like loads of different stuff at the same time and I was busy. And it was obvious that I was busy. And I could hear her talk to one of the people and say, all right, I'm going to go to all the different members of staff and like see how they feel about this idea. And yeah. I just thought, don't come to me. Don't come to me. Like, If I don't look at you, if I don't pay attention, if I just pretend like you're not there, yeah. you won't talk to me. But she just moved over to the area I'm in, put the paper down on the desk next to me, and I was just like, oh, why me first? Um, but then I had this thought in my head, at this point, I'm not going to absorb this information because yeah. I am... Um, busy doing the thing I'm doing. Um, I'm, I'm too absorbed in the order of things that I was doing things in. I'm not going to absorb this information anyway. So 
what does it matter? So I pulled the executive functioning disorder card, yeah. as it were, and I just kind of went... She, she was talking to me for ages, and I just thought, do I stop her? How do I do this? This is the first time I've been allowed to use this, because in my risk assessment, I was told that I can say it yeah. and just say, look, I'm not absorbing any information today. So sorry, but I uh, can't I can't do this. Um, but I thought, do I just wait till she's finished talking? Do I cut her off halfway through? What I did in the end is I waited till she finished talking and just went, I didn't listen to any of that. Like I just didn't listen to any of that. And she just went, oh, okay, well, I'll start again. And I just went, nah. I was like, don't bother. I was like, I'm not really listening. I'm not really paying attention. Um, why don't you just go to somebody else? Just go do them instead. They're better yeah. off with you. And like, I, I kind of... I kind of did it in a rude way. So um, I'm still not sure how to do this, how to tell someone I'm not I'm not listening, but not because I can't be bothered to listen. I just can't listen. Um, but since we've done this executive functioning thing, since this person that mentioned it on our Facebook page, um, I've noticed that it's easier to do that kind of stuff now. Like I was talking to you the other day, wasn't I? You was at yeah. work. I was at home and I was just like, oh, I need to like polish the dust in my flat yeah and I need to throw the bins out but I'd been sat on the sofa for about two hours thinking about it yeah uh, and I'd realized I had no message you were like you having a good day and I messaged you back like um <laughs> yeah 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 but I need to get up and I need to throw these bins out and I need to do this and it was like my, my job that I was supposed to be doing all day and once you said oh it's fine if you don't like don't worry about it like that kind of thing I realized that it's hard for me to you know, connect the dots. But I did eventually just think, oh, yeah, it's because of the executive functioning thing. Yeah. Uh, and then I thought, oh, that's not too bad then. That doesn't matter. Oh, it doesn't matter that I haven't done it. If I don't do it, I don't do it. It's all right. And I felt, like, relaxed. And it's one of those things, like, um, like I said before, the reason I got diagnosed was because I wanted to be more comfortable with the things I was doing. So getting diagnosed for me was good because I had this, like, Asperger's shield to get behind every time something happened that I knew was related to it. Yeah. Uh, I found that much easier. Um, and yeah, it's the same with this executive functioning disorder. Um, somebody said on one of the face on our Facebook page was a couple of days ago that I can't get a diagnosis of executive functioning disorder. So, um, cause it's a trait of it, yeah. Asperger's. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I know my mom was talking about, uh, trying to get some sort of diagnosis for it to help, but apparently you can't, uh, but it doesn't matter. Like I've already said it to my boss. My boss has accepted it's a thing, so it doesn't. It doesn't matter. But yeah, it's it's good knowing about it now because. Yeah. Um, what I think is good about it is it seems like um, now you know about it. One, it's kind of takes the pressure off a bit. If you don't do something, instead of being really hard on yourself for not doing it, you yeah. can say to yourself, "Well, it's because of this." But also, when you messaged me. I replied with like, well, if you don't get it done, don't worry, I can do it. But it seems like, because it kind of takes that pressure off, because I know that with you, in the same way you don't like being told what to do by someone, you also, I don't think you really like feeling like you have to do something, even if it's you that's making you do it. I think it's the same as if someone else tells you you have to do it. In your head, I think there's a part of you that's like, but I don't want to. So if there's this acceptance of this like executive function and you say like oh well if I don't do it it's because of this it almost makes you more inclined to do it because you feel like that you have to do this isn't there I don't know if that's true I've just noticed that you you do seem to be better with it yeah yeah like I, said, I think since it's, it's it's like everything else um it's since I had an it's had a name 
Um, like with me, I know not for everybody, not everybody wants diagnosis and not everybody wants to be officially, you know, labeled. Yeah. But for me, every time something has a label, it is easier and it's more, I'm, I can live it. Like, even if the thing I had was something horrific, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I can't think of something really bad where I was like, I don't know, not, I don't know, like, ugh, I'm trying to think of something like weird. Like pulling my own air, hair out, you know, yeah. like just pulling like big strands of my hair out. Initially, I wouldn't know what it was. And I'd think like, I was like, I just think the worst about it. But then if someone goes, oh, it's a condition called this. Um, I just feel like, oh, cool. Uh, and then that would be that. Like the next time I did it, I just like, doesn't matter, it's a condition. Um, and it's the same with, with this. Like the executive function sort of was always something that bothered me initially and I know it's only been like a couple of weeks but the more I've learned about it the more it is the more I'm thinking yeah that's definitely that's yeah. definitely what it is um and it's made things easier it's made um things just much simpler like it and it's like the other stuff that comes with Asperger's so um the dyslexia the dyspraxia you know like I crashed a lot of cars I've come off my bike lots of times but I just kind of thought I'm a terrible driver. I'm a terrible cyclist. Yeah. You know, I'm, what is wrong with me? But then it's like it's dyspraxia. And you're just like, oh, cool. That's what it is. Then the next time I had a crash, I was like, oh, yeah, I've got weird special awareness thing. It doesn't matter. Um, and I've got a investigation meeting with my boss tomorrow at work because of some errors I've made paperwork wise at work. Um, but I know about my dyslexia. It's not something that I initially knew. But I learned what dyslexia was. I've learned or I've read about it. Like I've, you know what I mean, like I've, I've understood it. Yeah. Once I was told that it was my, you know, I, the it's one of those things that can come with autism. It's under the Asperger thing. Like once I got diagnosed and I knew that it was the Asperger's, the things that I have done in my life that I've always kind of thought, why have I done that? That's stupid. Or why have I done that? Like, that's just embarrassing. Like I can't understand it. It made everything easier. Yeah. Um, and I think it's the same with anything else that comes with it. So these like weird side effects or um, additional things that come with it that I'm talking about, they fall and I get the same relief of when I do them of just going, it's just that I can't help it. Um, so it doesn't matter. It automatically goes away. It's not like with the executive functioning disorder, I want them like fixed or I need to then work on how not to do them. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's more it's got a name. It's why I've done it. It doesn't matter. Um, it's the not knowing, it's the not knowing yeah. that for me is worse or doing something that you don't know what it is. We were talking about this yesterday, this morning, yesterday, it was after we got back from a run. Um, it's a bit of a side note, but I thought I'd mention it just in case yeah, up, yeah. anybody else that is listening to this knows. But like while you were doing your screening thing yes. with your, oh, yeah, your meeting yeah. with your boss, um, he mentioned something about not wanting to put sauce or gravy or, um, you know, food touching. Yeah. Which is a common common trait for those on the spectrum. Um, and But it's not... I never used to have gravy on things as a kid. Um, but I didn't do it because I didn't like gravy on stuff and I didn't like everything touching. The guy was explaining it and saying that's because when you put sauce on something, sauce touches everything. Yeah. Uh, and you were agreeing with him. But it made me think of something I did. And this is something that... I wonder if anybody else has done. But um, I realized that when I was younger, I always picked the thing that was different. So I always picked, um, I always picked like a... You said like, 
if there was some toys, everyone would want one type of toy, so you would pick the other. Yeah, yeah. like with Power Rangers, things like that. Everybody wanted uh, to be a certain one, and everybody's favourite ranger was the whichever ranger, and I'd just pick the one that no one ever says. Yeah. You know, like, well, my favourite's this one. And I'd think, like, do I like that one? I don't think I do. Um, I used to think it was just a case of, I don't know what I like. But then secretly I knew I liked the one everybody else did and I was a little bit odd about it. And like same with dinner. When we had the roast dinner on Sunday, everybody would have gravy except me. And it's not that I didn't like gravy or have those sorts of thing, but I just wanted to have the dinner that looked different. Um, And while your guy was talking to you and like obviously going through diagnosis stuff with you, it made me realize why I do that. Um, And I think the reason I did it as a kid is I think even as a child, even if you're not diagnosed and those out there that... I listened to this, you know, you probably felt the same. You know you're different um, when you're on the spectrum. You don't need the diagnosis, which is why some people don't get it. You just know that you're not the same as everybody else. Yeah. Um, But I needed people to know. It's the same reason that I got diagnosed. I needed people to know. Um, And I realized that this thing like not having gravy on my food, it was because when you put all the plates on the table, there's like four of us. There's four dinners. Four of the three of them look the same and one of them looks different. Um, and I realized that the reason I did that kind of stuff was because I was trying to tell people that I'm different uh, and there's something different about me. So I intentionally used to pick the odd thing or be different. You know, like if I, if I went somewhere and everybody was doing like, we were meeting people and they were all doing like a handshake, everyone would handshake, handshake, then me like high five, just so people would realize that, oh, that was weird. He just did that. Uh, and I did it like, I've done it my, my entire life. Up until I got diagnosed. Once I got diagnosed, I started, if I wanted to do the same thing as everybody else, I did do the same thing as everybody else. But I used to pick the weird stuff. I used to dress in a way that was slightly different just so people would realize that I was different. Um, And I've realized now that when the guy said it, that I purposely would pick the thing that nobody else was picking just to show everybody that I'm not the same. Um, But I think it was more like a notice that I'm not the same, will you? Um, And like, will will everybody notice that I'm different? And obviously nobody did, but um, yeah, I've realized that I used to pick stuff that I didn't want to do and pick things that I didn't really want and like not have gravy on my food when I wanted the gravy because every every opportunity I had to point out that I was not the same as everybody else, I had felt like I had to take just to get someone to notice. Um, And then, yeah, once I'd got the diagnosis, since I've had the diagnosis of Asperger's, I have not done that once. I have not felt the need to show somebody I'm different. I haven't had to do it. So if I pick the same thing as everybody else, I will. Uh, If I do the same thing as everybody else, that's fine. Um, It's like even with like phones now, before diagnosis, I'd always pick the weird phone that people would go, why why have you got that? We're all getting, you know, we're all getting iPhones. Why have you picked this thing? And I try and justify it with like, oh, it's good for this. It's good for that. Thing, but now, like the phone I've got now is like mainstream, as everybody's got this phone, but um, or did I suppose I, I did, but it doesn't make a difference to me, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was just a, a weird side thought I had when mentioning it, and I was just wondering, like, anybody that's listened to this, and like, I wonder if they did a similar thing, yeah, because you do know you're autistic way before anyone suggested it, way before you've ever heard what it's called um yeah, it's just before you understand it you just different. you, you recognise it in yourself that you're not the same as everybody else and like i've said before i used to feel like i was uh, like a different species to yeah, everybody an else because you see like all these people having like correlating thoughts they're all like in sync they're all 
doing the same thing, behaving the same way, interacting fine. And then you just think, like, why is this not natural to me? Yeah. Uh, and yeah, same thing. But yeah, that's like a massive uh, tangent. One of the things I wanted to bring up for this podcast. Uh, oh, go on. Sorry, you I go just there. I just had no, a couple of <laughs> just had a, <laughs> <laughs> I just had a couple of thoughts off what you said that I wanted to talk about. Like one of them was the noise cancelling headphones that you mentioned for you. Yeah. Um I currently at the moment I've got a pair of noise cancelling headphones that are really good. Um and I've just found that at my new job, they've been particularly helpful. They're really helpful for like going uh, into town and going into the shops. But I know I just wanted to bring this up is that I'm still in training at the moment. So I'm spending like my whole shift every day in a room with the same group of people. The group of people I'm with, they're very sociable. They all like to chat and joke. They like small talk. And I would much rather just learn the stuff not have any small talk or socializing go home and on my breaks I go and sit on my own on my breaks so like there was one day where everyone was being really chatty and I felt like they were being chatty to the point of it really hindering the amount of learning we were doing so that was bothering me a bit and I was starting to get a headache I was starting to get really worked up I was really fidgety I could tell I was sort of huffing a bit in my seat and getting quite irritated I suppose not outwardly but just in my head I kept every time someone would because you know like the the people training us they'd make a comment like okay so with this it's almost like well think of it like uh the gym and then all of a sudden someone go the gym I do this at the gym absolutely nothing to do with what we're doing but then there's a 10 minute conversation that follows about I don't know lifting different types of weights and I'd be thinking that's good why don't you talk about that on your lunch break <laughs> um but I found that when I went on my break that day having the really bad headache that I had and feeling just a little bit irritated I don't know I put the noise cancelling headphones on and before I even had any music on just the noise cancelling headphones and where I sit on my lunch break is like a <laughs> A private booth and it's quite dark the lights are quite dim um, and the combination of the dim lights and the headphones just instantly all of those annoyed thoughts just went away and I felt absolutely fine um, so I just found that noise cancelling headphones are actually really good um, another thing I found is when I'm sat at my desk um, I'm on like an open plan floor there's loads of stuff going on around me and I didn't notice it when I was at my old job but I'm really inquisitive um in a way that I didn't really notice because before my old job I was always around the same people and when new people came in it was just like one at a time or a couple at a time and I had my own sort of time to deal with it but in this office I don't really know anyone um I don't know that much about the job and I've realized that I'm I don't want to say nosy, but to a point of being nosy where I constantly want to know what everyone's doing, what everyone's talking about, why they're talking about it. Um, And weird stuff. Like, I feel like I don't, I'm not comfortable around people until I know almost too much information about them. Like, I like to know weird things. Like, what's their family situation? Like, how many brothers and sisters do they have? What did they do before they worked here? What It's weird things like that that, they have no bearing on me but for some reason if someone starts talking to me and I don't know anything about them 
I feel like I need to start knowing stuff about them before I'll almost listen to what they're saying. Um, that's kind of tangenty. But when I'm sat at my desk, I find that I'm constantly trying to listening to what other people are saying and other pe- conversations people are having instead of focusing on what I need to do. So I've started putting the noise cancelling headphones on and my ones have like a button on them that basically just plays white noise if you click it. It's like a... Yeah, it will just play almost like a fuzzy, like white noise sound plus cancelling out all noise. And if I put those on, I can just focus on the screen, click away, no thoughts in my head. If I'm not wearing them, I find it really hard to focus on my screen because I want to know everything everyone's doing. If someone gets up to go to the toilet, I'm watching them. Where are they going? Why are they up? Even though it's someone that I don't know, they're not on my team, it doesn't affect me in any way. I'll still be looking like, why have they got up right now? Are they going on their break now? Is it break time? I don't know what's going on. How long are they going to be gone for? Um, So yeah, it's just something that I've noticed because I never knew it before because I didn't have this at the old job because I sort of knew everyone. Uh, I'd worked it out. Whereas I've I've just really noticed that noise cancelling headphones are actually really effective. If anyone has that issue uh, of maybe not being able to focus or, yeah, getting overstimulated, I would definitely recommend maybe getting yourself a pair because they are really handy. Um, and another thing I wanted to mention was with what you've been saying about the job and needing noise cancelling headphones and things uh being more irritating to you um I completely understand that but one thing that I've really noticed about you is prior to you stepping down you were coming home from work and seeming a lot more angry or annoyed about something that happened and there was a lot of moaning about people or the job I have noticed that since you stepped down you've been making comments a lot more but you've definitely seem a lot more content and I didn't know if that was true or not for you in like how you think about it um I think it's um I think it's like it's because of two ways because obviously previously I was in charge running things and I was trying to make everything be the way I wanted it to be and I think I used to come home angry because Things hadn't gone the way I wanted them to. I couldn't yeah. control the things I wanted to control. Then everything got kind of out of hand and that's why I was stressed. So like my main issues were I'm trying to control everything. and I need everything to work a certain way and it's my job to control everything and for it to be a certain way. And if things didn't go the way I thought they would, it was making me like agitated and worked up. And I think now I've got the opposite problem where I don't have to worry about any of that kind of stuff. But then I have to keep control of my own like... I suppose autism uh, and be okay with me not running everything and not being in control of everything and that. So yeah, I think like once I'm not there and I'm here, I can control everything here. No problem. Yeah. So the relief is immediately gone the second I'm out the door. Yeah. Whereas there, like, do you know what I mean? It it would be a thing where when I was in charge that like I couldn't do something that day. So I know I'd have to do it tomorrow and the next day and the next day, you know, and it was like there were long running problems that I'd have to try and sort out. So I think I'd just keep bringing it home with me because I couldn't swap it. Because for me, it's not the same. Like, And the thing is, when you have a job like that is... 
it's not like you can just you know people just let you go home don't bring your work back with you turn off like yeah. don't worry about it i feel like that's not something you can just tell someone that's uh got asperger's you can't just say no. to them oh just shut off you know don't think about it and it's like oh i always feel a little bit like patronizing them it's like oh, i just gotta not think about it cheers that's uh that's a that's a great piece of it. I'll just I just don't think about it. Awesome. Yeah, um, and uh, and like as you were saying, because I would, I just want to point out, I a hundred percent did this as well. I yeah. would come home and rant about what was going on, especially because with our job, because we were management, the thing is, we would go home knowing that that's going to be our problem tomorrow. So it's instantly you're already annoyed because you know that you've got to go and deal with that tomorrow and then probably the next day so yeah it is difficult to just not think about yeah and it. i couldn't differentiate between what was like my personal life and what was my work life a problem at work and a problem of personal life for me had the same bearing so i didn't i didn't think like oh you know whatever it's work i'm done yeah i'd be thinking the same way as like if i get home whoa i need this for dinner i haven't got it in and that kind of thing yeah the problem to me didn't i couldn't separate work and my personal life a problem at work would weigh on me the same way a personal problem would and vice versa you know i'd go go to work worrying about stuff at home and i'd come home worrying about stuff at work um and yeah i think it was just too much um i'm surprised i did it for as long as i did it now that i'm not doing it and now that i'm where i am now i do think like what was i doing um why why did i think that was a smart idea for me to be in charge of something like that because i couldn't I couldn't forget about it. It's not something, and like you know, and it, sometimes it'd keep me awake, and it'd be really like trivial yes. stuff that for everybody else that did that job. If I ever told them, like, yeah, I was I was awake last night thinking about this, they'd just go, "Why? That's not even that important." But like, it's one of those things about autism that do you know what I mean? Like, you you, you know, it's like some people stay awake at night because they've got to catch a bus in the morning, you know, and then like there's a lot of people that just catch a bus no problem. Yeah, like that. I the amount of dreams I had about that place, and the amount of times that I would just randomly, I'd come home, I'd think I was all right, I'd eat dinner, and then all of a sudden I'd get really annoyed because of something that had happened that day, and I'd think, why, why are you even thinking about it? Don't think about it. But yeah, I definitely, you since stepping down, to me at least, and I don't know, I don't want to make a judgment on how you're feeling, but you seem a lot calmer it definitely seems like there is more of a separation between your work life and your home life and i that was the other thing when we were in charge we had like the work emails on our phones a lot of the time we had to check them when we weren't at work um you constantly have to be up to date with things so yeah just you seem a lot more relaxed well, now you, you to didn't me, to me. you didn't have to check the work emails okay no when but you we weren't did. at work <laughs> and i think they recommended that you didn't do that but yeah i just would yeah because there were things that I was like worried about but then I, I'd read things in the emails that were not to do with me and that were not related <laughs> to me and there was stuff that could wait but for some reason I just involved myself yeah I used to do that I'd read something and then go why have they done this and then yeah, and all did, of a sudden I'm replying and I'm thinking it's my it's day not, off what it's not am like I doing? I'm the only member of management like there were you uh, well there were three other people at the time yeah that would see this email and reply to it and I was off for two days but I found myself like typing emails and like replies to stuff and yeah. I was just like why am I doing this there's three other people that will catch it before I catch it um and I could just ignore this but I just I wouldn't um and yeah obviously I've not got that on my phone anymore so I don't I don't care um, and yeah, low level, like entry level work at this in this particular job, I think is suitable for those 
those on the spectrum. Um, yeah, maybe with certain adjustments potentially having to be made, but it is it's doable. I feel like it's easy for them to make adjustments for me because I'm a sales assistant now. Yes, um, definitely. Then making adjustments for a supervisor when I was a supervisor because I think adjusting for management makes you think like, well, you know, they're in charge and what if these situations come up and there's no one to hand it over to, you know? Yeah, uh, Whereas definitely. as a sales assistant, I can just move away from stuff, not do things back off from stuff you know they have to make reasonable i think it's reasonable adjustments i can't just not do stuff so there is also that level of i can't just not do everything i don't want to do this because of this because i feel like even with autism like if you're at a job where you can't do like 60 70 percent of the job then you shouldn't be doing that job absolutely um so i get that i still have to do my job which i do yeah um but the reasonable adjustments are fine. But I think it's easier to make reasonable adjustments for someone that's a sales assistant over reasonable adjustments of someone that's, um, you know, what I mean, like not a that's like management. I think yeah. It's well, so, for example, as a member of management, you constantly have to be listening to everything that's going on in case, like, there's yeah, I a still, customer. I still do that. Yeah, but uh, what I mean is, if you're a supervisor, you wouldn't be able to have noise cancelling headphones on because you constantly. Need oh to be, yeah, no good point. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what I mean. I know you still do it, but those things like that just it it would be impractical to do because especially if you're the only member of management on at that time if you've got noise cancelling headphones on you're not listening to what everyone's doing you don't know what's going on if there's a, an angry customer that you need to step in you wouldn't be aware of it so yeah that just and some of the other adjustments that you've been told uh can be made for you i think if you were a supervisor or just a member of management it it they wouldn't be possible really no. Um, so, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I know what you mean. Because as I say, there's no way I don't turn off from listening to everything. No, like, I, know. Uh, I know. It's like you saying when you want to know when people are going to the toilet yeah. and that kind of thing. I listen to, like, most things people are saying and doing or watching what everyone's doing and saying all the time, um, whether I want to or not. It's just something I've done. But because um, this episode was, like I say, we were supposed to do it on... <laughs> we were going to pick, like, another thing. Yeah. Because obviously last week we did executive functioning disorder. Obviously that hasn't happened this week. No. And next week we're most likely going to be talking about your diagnosis. Yes, um, we'll see. Yeah. Well, we might be. It depends on if they've spoke to your mum yet, I guess. Because it would be good to have them speak to your mum, because they will do on Friday. No, they won't. They might not do. So you've got your appointment on Friday, and yeah. then they've got to call your mum. So we might do, maybe do the episode once they've spoken to your mom and then you've spoken to your mom yeah, so you can wanna... find out what they asked your mom yeah because it, it was interesting i think to know what things could link to autism not that every single question they asked me is directly linked to my autism but it's interesting that that question for some people could you know yeah. exp- i mean they did that I mean, when they called my mom it was the same the thing they ask your mom is they want to know stuff about your birth, uh, yeah. so like how your actual, how the uh, giving birth went. Mm. Was it normal? Were there any complications? Uh, and like interesting thing on that is there were complications with my birth and there were complications with your birth. Yeah. Uh, and my... Half-sister. Half-sister. Uh, her birth wasn't traditional standard. Um 
So yeah, I, I it was it's one of those things that I was sat in the meeting with you and thinking like that's an interesting question. Yeah. Like, is there a correlation? I mean, there must be some sort of relevance to asking that question because I was asked that and they asked my mom that. Yeah. And they asked you and they're going to ask your mom that. So it does make you think like, I wonder if that's related. And like you say, again, it doesn't mean that everyone on yeah. the spectrum has had complications with their birth, but it's interesting that but question, it was, a question yeah. was relevant to me, was relevant to you, was relevant to your half sister. Might not be relevant to other yeah, people on the spectrum. But I, uh, yeah. I just found it weird that they asked that question because they asked they asked my mom the same thing. Um, so yeah, well, maybe once you spoke to your mom, we find out what they asked. Then I, mean, I feel like we should go as long as it's okay with you, like into detail over not your answers or anything, but just the whole process and oh, yeah, what I'm they're looking for, it. what they ask, that kind of thing. Because it's good. Because it's it's nice that we've got a, a lot of people are posting on our Facebook group their diagnosis like process and like how everything they've gone through and how it's going for them. So, yeah, I think a lot of people are interested in how you get diagnosed and how the process goes. And like you said, it's different depending on even like, not even just different country, but different parts of the country. Yeah. And are the I, same. I know for a lot of people who are diagnosed, it might not, it might be, but it might not be as interesting. But I'd really like to go into quite a lot of detail over it just because as someone who is now going through the diagnosis, um, Say it. Process. Process. That's the one. <laughs> That's the word. Um, if there are other people out there who are waiting to go through that, I would have liked to have known as much information as possible because I really like to know almost step by step. So if I can provide that and maybe, and it might be quite interesting anyway, just to go through, I'd, I'd like to be able to do that. I'll definitely go into not every single question they asked, but every single sort of topic of question that was asked I go through yeah that. because once they've done it all you get a report you've seen my report yeah uh, it's like quite a hefty report on everything they asked your answers what that made them think that kind of thing so it'd be interesting to I mean we'll probably won't do it on the podcast but like once my once your diagnosis comes through and once you get your hefty report it'll be good to uh put them together see how different yours is to my one um yeah we might uh, not post them, but no. we might talk about it on our uh, group or on our Facebook page. We might, yeah. we might do like a little bit where we talk about. Um, but like that. Yeah. So quick, because we've only got like fifteen minutes left of the episode. Yeah. Um, every time we talk about these ex- this extra stuff that comes with autism, executive functioning disorder, dyspraxia, dyslexia, we've talked about it obviously last week. We've talked about it in previous episodes where it's come up that you don't realise that this extra stuff is... I feel like there's there's nothing... I think everybody that gets a diagnosis or everybody that is on the spectrum or has Asperger's or is autistic or whatever you want to call it, yeah. they have these additional things. Everybody's got some of them. Um, but this is... So like for the last 15 minutes, because obviously we've listed all mine and these episodes seem to be heavily on mine. What are yours? Because like as much as I keep thinking that everybody that's on the spectrum has these additional disorders whatever um i literally can't think of one that you have that comes with it and we always talk about like my one on this one because and we go into detail on like how i do things like the last episode really was about executive functioning disorder but that's not something you have it's not something that you have a problem with you just do stuff um so and i've thought about it uh, because i thought about doing it this week on things you've got and we've only ever listed mine but do you have any additional stuff apart from the 
Because everything that you've got problems with, sensory and all that kind of stuff, they're all specifically autistic related. They're all yeah. directly are Asperger's. They're not a byproduct of Asperger's or they're not additional because of your Asperger's. They're just your Asperger's. Um, but yeah, I, I, I've known you a while. I can't pick any. I mean, I want to say the you're dyspraxic, but you're not clumsy to a level of... I don't know. I mean, you're you're not like not in a bad way, but you do have some issues with your driving when it comes I to do, like, when it I comes do. to like parking. That is a hundred percent accurate. Uh, and like driving around multi-story car parks and that kind of thing, you, you do seem to have some issues with the car. Um, but you don't have the same issues when you're on foot, or the same issues when you're on a bike um, with like spatial awareness. So I, I don't even know if you've got the dyspraxia. I mean, you might do. You might just be better at hiding it than I've realised. I don't see you like trip up a lot or kick stuff over. You're a little bit clumsy. I am quite clumsy. But that's yeah. more like you drop stuff or like that kind of thing. I've never seen you like move around and kick stuff yeah. over or stuff like that. So yeah, I was just wondering, do you think you've got any or is there anything I've missed? Like, do you think um, you've got any like additional stuff? One of the big things that came up um, when I was looking up extra things that I would say that i have uh is an eating disorder right i think that i have got an eating disorder i don't i haven't got anorexia which i think is like the main one and i haven't got bulimia which i guess are the main two i would say that i have had anorexia um when i was younger i went through a phase of really not eating like definitely to the point of starving myself. I'd always eat dinner because my mum would cook dinner and I never wanted anyone to notice that I had this. So I would eat dinner, but I wouldn't eat any lunch when I was at school. And I would pretend to eat breakfast, but I'd put like two or three bits of cereal in a bowl and a little bit of milk. I'd eat that. And then it would look like I'd used a bowl for cereal but I wouldn't have actually eaten anything and I did have this weird sense of especially when I was at school at lunchtime I'd watch everyone else eat and I'd feel quite powerful that I wasn't it was a weird thing I had where I felt like oh look how in control I am I'm not eating and I'm better than you guys because I'm not eating so I would say that I have an eating disorder still yeah I don't do that anymore uh but I do have a a thing about being healthy and whenever I eat something unhealthy I know this is like true for other people as well so I don't want to put it like 100% down to this but I know myself and I know what I'm like if I eat something unhealthy I'll think about that for days unless I've come up with a really good way to justify it in my head and I'll almost punish myself on the days after I've got a lot better at dealing with it now I used to be a lot worse in the I'd punish myself for days after by like not eating but even now I have a thing so if I can't eat the specific thing I've planned to eat then I get so worked up that I punish myself by just not eating at all so if like for lunch I plan something and then for whatever reason I can't get it I'm so annoyed at myself that I didn't prepare enough to already have that thing in the cupboards or to not think that the shop would have run out so I didn't buy it yesterday or whatever that I just will punish myself by not eating and it does feel like I'm sort of punishing myself like telling myself you deserve this 
So I think like I have a bit of an eating disorder. And you said that you read that that's a common one. Yeah, to come with with Asperger's. Yeah, I was going to say the doctor that we saw on Wednesday that was diagnosing you. He said that controlling food uh, and that kind of thing is a common additional trait for females on the spectrum or female burgers. Yeah, Um, he said that that is that is standard. Well, not standard, but he said it's it's. Very, it's more. Very it's common. very common to have problems with food yeah. or uh, that kind of thing. So yeah, um, it, and, it makes sense. And I just want to like point out, I don't starve myself, and I'm not like massively underweight, and I don't undereat or anything like that. Um, you eat a lot of meals with me, to be fair. Yeah. And uh, my portion sizes are a bit mental. Uh, <laughs> And you eat most of it, and yeah. we eat at the same time, and I see you eat it. Yeah, so, no. like, I'm kind of aware of, uh, yeah, of what you're doing, which is, I guess, why I said I can't think of anything that you've got. Yeah. Because this is one that I would say you don't do. You might have used to do it, but I've not yeah. seen you do it. Yeah, well, I, I think I'm very in control of it now. Like, I know what I'm like, so I understand it. I definitely have times where I'm worse than others, so sometimes... If I'm having like a bad week or I'm stressed, I slip into a habit of trying to punish myself or I guess regain some control by not eating. But it is a lot rarer now. It doesn't happen very often. But I know that it's still something that exists in my brain, if that makes sense. Like I know it's there, but I do have quite a good control of it. And I don't um, often start not eating or like trying to punish myself or restrict it is but when i do it i'm aware of why i'm doing it it's always a weird control thing and it does for some reason if i can not eat or eat something very little or be really structured on my food it just makes me feel more in control um other than that i don't know i've been told by a lot of uh ex-boyfriends and things like that uh or friends that uh, I seem bipolar. Yeah, but I just not to cut you off too much there. Yeah, but, no. Um, it, bipolar has a lot of similar traits to autism uh, and Asperger's. There's a, quite a few like groups where we are at the moment, where Asperger's and bipolar go to the same meetings. So yeah. There's one meeting that both of them attend for like different things that are related. So bipolar is one of those ones that people roughly kind of know more about it than autism it's easier to pinpoint than autism even though i would say 90 percent of people if you ask them what bipolar is they explain it completely wrong i've got a couple of friends that are bipolar uh, and i've seen them go through the the process of it and it's not what you think it is no so like they always just people just think when people are like happy and like you know ecstatic mental like really like i don't know excited yeah and then they just go from that to i want to kill myself yeah um people think that's what bipolar is they think it's like this jekyll and hyde like disorder but because it's it's easier to explain it if you i mean that that explanation i've just given is actually wrong to how bipolar works but that's the common one that people have um and when they're in a relationship with you yeah and they see you like happy and jumpy and like whatever and then you know you have like a meltdown uh, which is essentially what it is where you're upset, you know, yeah. when you tell me you're feeling a bit blue. Um, that is my go-to phrase. Yeah, like that can be, because autism, trying to explain to somebody what Asperger's is, like if you said to somebody, oh, I've got Asperger's, 
There's so many things yeah, to list, and it's so unique. And to most you. people, you know, mark your behavior based on how they're behaving, and your behavior doesn't match theirs, but theirs is similar to the other people they know. Yeah. So they need to give it a name yeah. to what you have. And bipolar is just one of those ones that's easier to go. It's that. Yeah. Because, but even then, like I say, they've misconstrued what it is. Um, like I say, a couple of friends that I know that have got it, I've been with them when they're at the high and the low and that kind of thing. And it's not, it's not like that. It's not like 50-50 or no. that kind of thing. It's it's weird. Their high is when they are happy and when they are thing, they, they try and force that on everybody else they're around. So yeah. my friend, when she was in a like high period and when she was happy she'd be super happy and everything was great and everything was awesome but then equally if i talked to her and i was a little bit like yeah i don't care she'd just be like pushing me and yeah. like joking and telling me to cheer up and telling me to stop being such a cry baby and she was trying to make me be the same as her and then the next person she bumped into they weren't happy um so she was just like, come on, it don't matter, like this kind. And she was like that all the time. But then when she'd have her lows, you wouldn't see them because she'd just lock herself in a bedroom, turn her phone off, turn everywhere of getting hold of her. You just wouldn't see her for two days. Yeah. And that's how I knew she was on one of her low bits because, and it's not like a quick switch. It's not like a happy, sad, happy, no. sad. Uh, she'd be happy. She could be happy for like a week. Yeah. Just completely like happy constantly doing that forcing everyone else to be as happy as she is and being really annoying for a week and then suddenly she'd just disappear yeah and we'd go to lessons at uni and be like where is she and no one had seen her for like four days um but i understood the reason you're not seeing her is because she just does not want to do anything yeah she doesn't want to go out she doesn't want to talk to people she doesn't want to like do stuff but then she'd just appear again and then there'd be periods where she was neither one or the other she was just in between. In the middle, yeah. and she just behaved normally. It's not like she had to be one or the other all the time. She just sometimes would have these spikes of one or the other. Yeah. Um, which is way more complicated than saying to someone, oh, you were, like, really happy and, like, up here and everything, and now look at you, you're crying. You're bipolar. Um, and, yeah, that's what I mean. And I think there's, there's certain traits that come with bipolar that are identical to that of Asperger's. If you look at the criteria of what makes you bipolar... There's definitely like four or five in there that you could then see in a, this is what means you've got Asperger's. Yeah, like I do have, um, sometimes I can have quite intense highs and quite intense lows and then in-betweens that I am most of the time. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't think I've got bipolar. I just know that that's a thing that a lot of ex-boyfriends used to, and ex-friends used to say. Um, other than that, I don't really know i have i definitely have anxiety um but uh it's not very outward you can't usually tell but for instance when i crashed my car after the first day of working in the office i then couldn't drive the car to work and nikki had to drive me to work every day for the rest of that week and that's because the idea of getting into the car park again like how anxious i felt about that i can't it's it was i just couldn't do it and i think like that's where my anxiety comes in but I, a lot of the time people wouldn't understand that and i think anxiety unfortunately is definitely a phrase that gets thrown about too much now to the point where it's almost lost 
its actual meaning. The amount of times you hear people go, oh, no, I've, I'm too anxious about that or I'm, I'm really anxious, which you can be anxious, it's different. But yeah, like, oh, I've got so much anxiety when they haven't. Like, um, not saying that every time someone says that they haven't, but it does get thrown around a lot. Whereas, yeah, um, what's it called, just as a thing? So do people have, like, an anxiety... Because you can get a formal diagnosis of anxiety, but it's got a name. It's like, I don't know, is it an anxiety disorder or... I'm not sure, yeah. Either way, but yeah, people get anxious. But yeah, I think because there's like this big mental health drive and everyone's like pushing for everyone to understand mental health and to be more accepting. I do, I do, I, I get what you mean. There are people out there that I think don't have an anxiety problem. They're just feeling anxious for that particular thing that you're doing, which is normal. Like everybody gets anxious. Yeah. Um, but I do feel like some people now just want to claim that they must have an anxiety problem. When you never see them anxious, they're never really someone you see anxious. One time you see them anxious and it's like, yeah, I think I've got a disorder. I do feel like some people are going for that one a bit too much. So yeah, yeah. I, I get what you mean. Bro. Like one thing I do, I won't go into too much detail about it, but it's something that I do and I know I do it and it's wrong is I get anxious about other people doing something even though i know they're gonna do it and if they do it it's okay if i get in my head that um they're gonna do it and i don't want them to i will build up to a level of anxiety that when they do it it almost like destroys not destroys me but will cause me to have meltdowns even though i knew it was going to happen and i knew i could be okay with it but i've built myself up to almost deliberately be annoyed and worked up by it um th- that probably doesn't make much sense without using an example but the only example i've got in my head i don't actually want to say on this right now um but yeah i i get in my head that something's gonna happen get really anxious about it because i don't want it to happen but then instead of just saying to the person because i know they're gonna do it please can you not do this just i i need a minute to think about it and then i'll probably be able to do it and it's fine I don't. I just work up and work up and work up until they've done it and then I'm explosive and I can't focus and I can't think about anything. I don't know. Yeah, I I have that. um, And I do that a lot. Uh, It's like getting annoyed about something that I don't need to get annoyed about but because I've preemptively made myself irritated by it. That happens. But yeah, other than that, I don't, I don't know. It might come to light more things when we start doing the diagnosis. But yeah, I don't really have many extra things. I'm not dyslexic. Um, yeah. Arguably not dyspraxic. I am very clumsy, but yeah. we'll see. Like. Uh, yeah, I, you're just clumsy, um, and it's not constant. You just sometimes you'll drop something. Yeah. Um, but you, I would say that that happens like a couple of times a month where you'll just drop something, and I'll be like, "What are you doing? Like, why have you dropped that?" Sometimes my hands will just let go. Of something like I can be holding a mug, and two seconds later, my hands have just let go of it for no reason. I'm very jumpy. Uh, like I'm easily startled. Yep. And um, and I have a. I'm not. I'm not very good at pinpointing where noise is coming from, so something can be making a noise somewhere and I will think that it's, like, in the opposite direction. Yeah, that is definitely something you do. Like, if you can't find your phone and you make me ring it, I just think this is a massive waste of time because it doesn't matter. You won't know where that sound's coming yeah, from. Yeah. And I have to go find it anyway. I'm really bad at that. And I think that's why I'm so easily startled because I, if someone's making a noise, so they're, quite like, approaching me... I can't work out where that noise is coming from. The Where it's most obvious is with sirens. 
especially now I drive, but even when I used to like walk, I'd try and work out where the siren's coming from. I can't work it out. To me, the siren just sounds like it's coming sort of 360 from all around. So I will always sort of just stop. And at the moment when I'm driving my car, I'll just stop, even though the siren could be ages away or not coming down the road. I don't know. I can't work it out. I look for it. And if I can't see it, I just I just stop until the noise is gone. <laughs> because I, I really can't work out if it's coming from behind me, in front of me, side to side. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'm really... That's a thing I have. Um, I would say that's that's in there. Uh, I definitely think that's somehow linked to your Asperger's. I've read it before about uh, some people can't pinpoint sound and they hear a sound, but it sounds like it's coming from from anywhere. It's like um, a good example of this is I have my dehumidifier and when it's full of water, it makes like a beeping noise. Yeah. You know what that beeping noise is. Yeah, I do. It's, it's happened more than once. I do. But every time it happens... You sit upright. You're like alert. What's that noise? Where's that noise yeah, coming from? Yeah, I do every time. You do it every time. You know what it is. There's only one thing in my flat that makes that noise. Um, it's not like it's and it's quite a unique beeping that it makes. But you just sit upright and you're like alert and like almost a little bit startled and you're just like, Where, what? What's that? And Where's I, that coming from? I think from? the reason I do that is because to me that noise doesn't sound like it's coming from the dehumidifier. Like even though I know that's the noise it makes, it always to me sounds like it's coming from another room. So I'm always, where's that noise coming from? I know I know in my head that it must be the dehumidifier, but also the sound does not sound like it's coming from that direction. And it really throws me off every time because I think I know where I can hear this coming from and it's not there, so I, it can't be that. Yeah. Even though it's every time. And like logically it makes sense, but I don't know, it's a thing. So I have that. But other than that, yeah, I I have a... The thing is, I have a lot of traits of autism, so... Yeah, I would say that... Because I always say this all the time, that your Asperger's would be quicker to diagnose than mine because yours is is way more blatant than mine. Yeah. Um, and you always, you always like, oh, no, it's not, no, it's not. But, um, like, I, I feel like even though everybody's Asperger's is the same, in a sense, I feel like yours is... I feel like you have more traits of it than I do. I yeah, I do have a lot of traits. So, so maybe that's why. I, I mean, obviously that doesn't make any sense. Like it's not like there's a set amount of everything you're supposed <laughs> yeah. to have, and you don't get any extra like disorders and whatever because you've got too much Aspergers, and yeah, I've no. got less Aspergers, so I've got room <laughs> for disorders. But yeah, it, it's everything I ever list about you and the things that you do and that kind of thing. I don't see them as a. As a thing, but then equally, yeah. like this executive functioning disorder, I don't even know what that was like two months ago. Um, and I would have put it down to the reason I don't do things is is an Asperger related thing, and it turns out it's not. So, like you said, like once you've got a diagnosis, um, you might, I might, you might go, oh wait, what about this? Yeah, I. It would be interesting for me because I have a lot of mental behaviours that are really self-destructive and I know I have them and I won't go into detail about them now. And they're not very obvious. It's just stuff I know in my head I do. The anxiety one that I just spoke about is one of them. Like I can do quite self-destructive head stuff. I don't know if that might be linked to the Asperger's. It would be interesting to talk in therapy about that. Like why I do it because I sometimes I will start a conversation and I know that person I know exactly where they're gonna go with the conversation and I know what they're gonna say is gonna irritate me to a point of being really irritated but I will still do it because it's almost like I enjoy the 
the self-destruction I don't do it as much anymore but it's it's a thing I know I do like it's almost like I enjoy winding myself up yeah so yeah there's stuff like that but uh, yes Yes. Okay then, that's it for this week. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. Um, we are still steadily climbing with our listens, listener bases, that kind of thing. Um, I know everyone's been posting a lot of stuff in our group on Facebook, and both me and you have been awful this week. Uh, like going yes, into them, we have. I've had loads of notifications on my phone telling me that people have been posting stuff, and we haven't done anything. The, the reasons mainly are because Scarlett had her diagnosis thing this week and Scarlett uh, and me because I was coming with you we had a lot on with that we were gonna do it last night as well and something really dramatic happened last yeah, night which actually, we won't yeah. go into no, but yeah. we had a we had a really horrific night yeah. we're fine now and everything's sorted now yeah. but it <laughs> so yeah we were gonna go oh, we should yeah. we should have a look we should have a look but yeah we didn't end up doing it so yeah I'm gonna try i'm gonna actually probably do i like i get lunch breaks now like set lunch breaks i might have a look um and i'll probably need you to read some of them because some people have posted some stuff that's longer yeah uh, and and i'm i'm terrible at going through them you you're in work at like nine tomorrow morning and i don't start work till three every day so there's a good chance tomorrow morning i'll sit down with the laptop at some point and go through it all as well because i do that on my mornings or when i'm eating lunch or something so yeah but yeah that's it for now thanks everyone for listening um feel free to so much like our facebook page uh, (laughs) feel free to join our group and the group yeah let's get the group uh add yourself to the group as well feel free to message us any episode ideas or just uh things you want to talk about or questions you want to ask based on stuff we've said um we're actually better at replying to the private messages than the posts on the facebook group we are but we the really thing with like the group messages yeah the thing with the group is there's loads of people on there that know loads of stuff uh there's quite a few people in our group now that are quite knowledgeable and know quite lots of things and they seem to be replying and talk to each other uh there's a couple of people on there that i've noticed uh are really helpful and know a lot of stuff so those people like thanks and um, but yeah there's loads of there's quite a few people in the group now i think we've got like over 100 people in there so um and a lot of them are either on the spectrum or know somebody and so yeah there's some good advice floating around on there that i've noticed like sometimes i think oh i should say that and then i see that somebody else has said it and then said something like additional that was better yeah so i've then just sort of gone oh i'll just i'll just like it a lot it of then. stuff that's said as well is really interesting like this executive function thing just came from the group someone yeah. commenting saying it and actually like the more stuff you tell us the more interesting yeah i mean like, I've taken we're, we're super interested in it so if you do have any thoughts or feelings or comments on anything we've said like that you think oh that might be that or you just want to share your own experience with it please do feel free to private message us speak on the page whatever you feel more comfortable with but i really enjoy reading it it's really useful to us i I actually think that we have both uh come along like almost improved within ourselves just from things yeah i mean if this person i can't remember who it is now that mentioned that said if executive functions or if they hadn't done that i wouldn't have gone to my boss i wouldn't have mentioned it it wouldn't be something that is now like an additional help for me at work so yeah yeah Um, yeah that's it uh, you like to say thanks again thank you so much and we will speak to you next week bye